Welcome to another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Our mission is to bring you discussions on a wide array of topics in the coaching world to grow players on and off the court. You can connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, and also reach us directly through email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Now, here's your host, Coach Mike Hernandez. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you guys so much for joining us here for another episode. Wherever in the world you're listening to us from, whatever platform you guys are listening to us on, as always, thank you so much for the support, the questions, the emails, all the stuff that you've sent the show's way. Thank you so much for joining us here and really, really hope that you enjoy this episode because I know this is something that I've talked about in my coaching circles that I'm in, and it's a term that we hear a lot spoken within the coaching community, which is about being a player's coach. And that's what we're going to get into today about specifically what it means to be a good players coach, to be an effective players coach, somebody that the players enjoy being around and they they enjoy the company, but also you're going to be able to push that player. You're going to be able to really get that player to be playing at their maximum potential. So this kind of melds together two really great talks within the basketball community about that relationship building, kind of that culture piece, but also getting the job done basketball wise and and making sure that your player is the best player that they possibly can be. So we're going to get into that today with my guest, who is uh, the assistant at Illinois Central College, as well as Midwest Pro 15 under 16 under head coach, busy man in the basketball world. Coach Matt Long is joining us today. Coach, appreciate you being able to spend some time to chat with us today. How are things going? It's going good, going good. I appreciate the opportunity, and I'm excited to get this thing going. Yeah, absolutely. Coach, let's start with your journey within the game of basketball. Where Where is this great game of basketball taking you? Where is your coaching journey taking you to where it is that you are right now? Sure, yeah. So uh, I have a pretty unorthodox upbringing. Um, I, my first sport was swimming. I, I was a swimmer for about 14 years, and um until about halfway through uh, high school, you know, I kind of stopped that. I've always been about basketball. Basketball has always been my first love. Um, I would, I would always go play basketball after I would, you know, get out of swim practice and I would always be having, I would always have a ball in my hands. I would always go out in the backyard. I would always go to the YMCA and pick up, you know, with, with my friends and all the other kids around um, in the city. And um, you know, it, it was just a constant thing. Basketball was always on the TV. Um, and, uh, you know, halfway through high school, I decided, you know, I'm going to stop swimming. I want to really kind of get into basketball. I really want to, you know, uh, 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 go down that road. And, um, you know, I, I went into junior year, senior year, uh, senior year, I started playing for about four months, had some knee issues, knee injuries. So I couldn't really play a whole lot my senior year, um, ended up uh, not playing at all. And uh, went to uh, IC, walked on to ICC, uh, ICC's D2 JUCO in Peoria, Illinois. It's where I'm, where I'm working now. Oh, okay. And um, I, I just emailed my head coach and told him my story and said, you know, I really want to kind of get in the game and I love it and and uh, I would love to show you what I got. And he invited me to an open gym and um, went, I think, like six for seven from three in that open <laughs> gym. And and he asked me to walk on, you know, the second after we ended all of our games. And, wow. um, you know, then I was there for about three years, uh, redshirted my uh, sophomore year, which was probably the best decision I've, I've made in my whole career. And, um, you know, finished that, finished up my third year, uh, had a knee surgery, had a torn patellar tendon and um, uh, ended up, you know, hanging them up and went to University of uh, North Carolina in Charlotte, 
uh, just to kind of finish my degree. And, uh, uh, you know, kind of was still in it, still, you know, playing uh, a little bit at the gym and just kind of rehabbing in the, in, in the correct way that I should have. And um, uh, really just couldn't really find a way to, you know, play again on the college level. So uh, just decided I'm going to figure out what I want to do career wise. And um, I was out in Charlotte for about two years, didn't really have a direction to go down to. So uh, I had a job opportunity and back at back home in Peoria, moved back to Peoria uh, that day. Uh, I moved back to Peoria. The job opportunity fell through, unfortunately. So uh, I called my head coach uh, immediately and was like, hey, uh, if you need any uh, any extra hands at practice, any rebounders, passers, whatever, like I, I would love to just be around the game and and be able to help you guys at practice. And uh, he invited me to come to practice, you know, the next day. And then a week later, I was on staff. And wow. that was probably the best. It's, it, I mean, it's the best job in the world. And, uh, you know, I, I never would have thought I was going to be a coach ever. I remember having conversations with my parents back in college. And my mom was like, oh, you would be a great teacher. You'd be a great teacher, great coach. You know, you should think about doing that. And I was and, you know, back when I was. 19 20 years old i was like no way yeah i can't yeah. i can't i can't be in charge of 20 plus kids you know no way and once i want you know once i kind of dipped my foot in it was you know it, it was addicting i I loved it i love being around the guys love the the um uh, just the chemistry and, and and just being around the game and 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 um you know coaching in general just teaching yeah, no, that, that that's phenomenal, and, and and what a cool opportunity to be able to be back uh, where you played. Like I, I imagine that must be such a surreal feeling to to be like I was in this gym as a player, and now I'm back on the other side. Like I, well, what's that like, kind of stepping on the other side of, of things, uh, going from the player to the coach at at a place that you played at? Yeah, uh, it to be honest with you, it's extremely fulfilling, um, and it kind of helped me grow as a as an, as kind of an adult and I'm a younger guy, I'm 27 years old. So like within his last five years of coaching, it's really kind of helped me uh, mature and it's kind of made, it's helped me see um, not just the game, but kind of life in general uh, in a different way. Um, and that's kind of through like you want, you know, I was just playing not too long ago and now I'm on the other side very, very quickly. And, uh, you know, especially being in the same court, you kind of have a have a really a strong love for um, the school and, and, and the court and, and, and the work ethic and what you're working for and how much how how successful you want to you want to be and how and what you want to bring to this school. And and I think that, that like um, that love and that kind of drive of wanting this school to succeed uh, it has just grown uh, 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 exponentially, you know, I, I think it's, I think, I, I don't know. I, that's a really good question. Yeah. You, I, I think you didn't, uh, you didn't need uh, to be told or, or convinced to buy, to buy into the culture of the program at all. No that's way. For sure. <laughs> yeah, no way. And, and, you know, it kind of helped cause I walked in knowing what my head coach already wanted. And so yeah. it wasn't, I wasn't learning a new system. I wasn't trying to figure out what's, you know, how, how my head coach works. You know, I already knew that, I already knew the cult, like you said, the culture building, and and I already knew what he was asking for immediately, yeah. right off the bat. 
Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's awesome too, to, to go into that coaching situation, like, like you kind of talked about in an environment that you were just really familiar with, kind of let you focus a lot on the coaching piece and not, you know, getting familiar with everything. That's such a cool advantage to have as well. Now that, that That's yeah. awesome. Um, sure. You told your, you told your story about your, your, uh, your, your shooting, uh, which, which gave you that opportunity. And I know that that's something else that, 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 that matters to you and that you're passionate about. So I did want to ask you about, uh, shooting and, and in general, this is such a broad topic. I know there, there's so many different elements to this, but, uh, in, in broad strokes and in, in your experience, what can players be doing to become better in-game shooters and your, your experience, what, what is the key to improving that in-game shooting ability that players can be working on? Sure. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I've heard this multiple times on your podcast and I agree and, and not even just on your podcast, but with, with every coach, every shot doctor, everyone it's reps and it's not these reps of just going outside in your backyard and putting up shots and, and just, you know, not really having a plan. You have to have a plan and, and um, it's game, game reps and, and you have to, figure out where with the spots that you're good at you have to perfect those spots. My, me personally, my spots were the two corners and the left wing. And those are, are the, my three spots. My, my fault. Um, mm -hmm. Those are my three top spots that I would always shoot at. And I would get the most reps in because those are the most, that's where I'm most comfortable at. And um, I believe that if you want to become a great in-game shooter, um, you have to have reps, you have to have a plan and, me personally, I was self-taught. You know, I never really had a coach that oh, okay. that taught me how to shoot. Uh, I would always watch, you know, guys like J.J. Redick, Ray Allen. Um, you know, I know he's not a great shooter, but Dwayne Wade was my favorite player, and I would always watch him. Uh, I would just really just watch how these guys are shooting. And I was the kid who shot with two hands in, in middle school. You know, I, I would just push the ball. And, uh, you know, I started to figure out, you know, really how to shoot, and I would and I saw, you know, these guys do those three foot form shooting uh, drills. And I started doing those in, in my backyard and started to get the feeling for it. I, I believe shooting is a feeling. Um, I, I think you can have an unorthodox form. And I think if that ball goes in at a high rate and you have a little unorthodox form, I think you should be able to trust it. Um, I think like a shot doctor could, you know, you can you can tweak some things. You can tweak maybe the speed or the the the. Um, where you let where you let the ball go a little bit if you're letting it go a little low you need to get it up a little higher you know but i think a perfect example is tyrese halliburton uh he has yeah. a very very unorthodox shot that thing goes in at an extremely high rate and um you know but he i remember listening to podcasts of him and he said that his his past coaches have just told him, you know, that it, it goes in at a high rate you just need to trust it you, you just need to let it go and just get reps up and and practice you know, you just practice what you got with what you got. And um, uh, I, I, I really think like just especially becoming a better in-game shooter, um, trusting yourself is is really the main thing. Trusting the work that you put in behind closed doors, um, uh, uh, loving the grind, doing the basics, you know, doing those three foot form shots each game or eat before each practice. Um, you know, the pros still do it. So. Uh, I really do think um, that uh, I really do think that um, those are the most important things. I, yeah. I really do. 
And I, I, I like that idea of like trusting yourself and, and, and the work that you put in, because I, I can think of experiences that I've had with players who have a pretty good form, have a pretty good shot, but then they, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you're aware of this too. Like they'll, they'll see something, right. They'll see a player, they'll see something on social media or see this like, Oh coach, I saw this, or I heard this. So what if I do this? I'm like, no, like you don't, you don't need to do all, all that, that, you know, that does, you have a good form. You just got to keep working on what it is that you're doing and trusting yourself. But it's crazy now with so much out there, right. That, that players yeah. are looking at or seeing that they go, like, Oh, I saw this. Can I do this? It's like, no, you can't do like, no, what's the point in doing yeah. that? And it's like, yeah. it's hard though. I imagine when you see like all of this stuff that, you know, didn't exist when I, when I was playing a, a lot of years ago, all this, all, all this sort of stuff to, that that like idea of like oh what if I this can make my shot a little bit better but it's like no if you do that that's going to force you to have to relearn all of this and you're going to be all the way back to almost where you started sort of thing right and another thing to piggyback off that is the mental part of it I mean like if you're start if you have all these things in your head and you're you're saying oh well this guy wanted me to do this then this guy wanted me to do this and you have five guys <laughs> that are telling you different things plus social media you know, it, yeah. it, you're just thinking about so much, so much, and you're not, you're not relaxing. You're not feeling your shot. You know, you're not let, you're not feeling, okay. You know, like once you let it go, you should you're supposed to know if it's left, right, short or long, you know, like you, you feel it, you can see it, you can feel it. And if you're thinking about other things about what five other people have told you, uh -oh. it's, yeah. you're never going to really fully understand like what your shot is and what it can be. Yeah, no, I 100% agree, right, right? You got to have that, that like you said, that feel for it, right? That idea, like, okay, I've done this so many times, the second it leaves my hands, right? It's like, all right, I know exactly yeah. where that's going, exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Exactly. So as we kind of move into the topic about being an effective players coach, let's start, Coach, with your definition. What, what does that mean to you to be a players coach? What is your definition of that term? Sure. So uh, my definition is, 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 I think me personally, it's simple. Uh, it, it's someone who the guys or girls, um, they can trust with any question, comment, or concern. Uh, they're able to come to you and be confident that you aren't going to steer them in the wrong way. And you're here for one reason, and that's to put them in the best position to be successful. Um, I think if you are very clear with your intentions, immediately, right off the bat, that this is why I'm here this is what my plan is. This is how I'm going to talk to you. This is how we're going to move. And this is how we're going to practice. Um, I, I think if you're very clear and concise with these kids and you're not beating around the bush and you're not trying to tell them stuff that they want to hear, then I think they'll, they'll really start to kind of bond to you more. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know if that's just because like I do, I've been doing that since I started. And I don't know if that's because I'm, I'm a younger coach and they kind of bond to me a little bit because I'm a younger coach, but I've also, I've, I've seen guys, uh, you know, I've seen older coaches, D D one coach, Tom Izzo is a great example. Yeah. You know, guys love Tom Izzo, but he coaches them hard and, and he gets on them when they're not doing what they're supposed to do, but he still cares for them and tells them exactly what, exactly how it is at, at that, at that very second. So what is the difference then? Because I think that there's a fine line and, and I want to make sure I give you the opportunity to define this about the, the difference between being a player's coach and allowing yourself to be kind of played by your players. How do you kind of know what the difference is between those two? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, 
I personally believe that players will show their true colors eventually. Um, you can start with culture building mechanics at the beginning of the season. And eventually if they aren't bought in um, and you think like you're getting played by them, they're going to stick out. They're going to stick out like sore thumb. And um, you're going to have 18, 19 guys doing exactly what you want to do. And everyone's bought in. Then you're going to have two guys, one or two guys just kind of sitting pouting, just kind of like not, not giving their full effort. And um, you know, I believe that everyone starts the same. You know, once school started, school started for us on August 21st this year. That was our first practice. That was our first breakfast club. And everyone starts the same. And I know in my experience with playing and coaching that whatever you do in the dark will eventually come out in the light. And um, that's that that kind of goes with workouts, that goes with personal relationships. I I I think that if you are getting played, you're gonna know. Like it, it, you, you just have to be real with these kids and tell them what your ex expectations are. And if they're not following those expectations and they're kind of being snarky towards you, or, you know, they're kind of trying, they're being a little dramatic or they're, they're kind of pushing your buttons a little bit, not in a fun way, but kind of, it just, you know, yeah, yeah. You, you, there's, there's a difference, you know, you, you could feel a difference. And um, you know, whenever you feel like you're getting played, you got to nip in the bud like right away. I know I had an incident in practice yesterday with a kid doing that. And, uh, and he was trying to be funny and, and he was just trying to be extra. And I, you know, <laughs> just tell him like, you're being, I, I, I would just tell him like all the time, like you're being extra, like so you cut that, cut it. Like you're, you're, you're being too much right now. And uh, you know, he was like, okay, okay. My bad. My bad. And uh, but like, if you, if you're able to talk to him in multiple different ways and multiple different scenarios uh, I, I think you can figure it out pretty quickly. Um, I think that's kind of where accountability sets in and accountability by like your coaching staff and as well as your other players on the team. Um, I, I think that if like all the guys and all or girls are policing themselves and the leaders are leading by example and not just by vocally, but by doing, um, then it will either fall into line or that individual will have an extremely rough year because of all no buy-in. So how did with that, how did that get built with the with the staff where players bought in? Like uh how did they all kind of get on board with, with the, the message of what you're trying to do so that they were coachable and that they were in a position where you could kind of get on them? What what in your what what was the process of that and, and maybe some of that was even done before you got there as well? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's kind of done through recruiting. Um, we, our my coaching staff, we kind of do it in different ways. Um, my head coach likes to do it, uh, uh, you know, during practice and kind of during during workouts and meetings and film. And you know, we we talk about energy and effort a lot, and, and, and we talk about those are the two things that we can't coach. And if you come in here with energy and effort, then we can work. And um, I. I I, I think those are the two uh, uh, major parts that I, I think that uh, can really help you and your team get rid of a lot of distractions. And um, I, I, I don't know. I think we all kind of do it in a different way, but we all end up under the same, you know, with, with that energy and effort. I, I, I talk to them one-on-one. -on -one. Okay. Me personally, yeah, I talk to my guys one-on-one. -on -one. 
yeah, yeah that, that's my thing. I talk to these guys one-on-one, whether it's in the weight room, um, in, during practice a little bit, whenever adversity hits in practice, or they'll come into my office at the end of practice, before practice, or in the middle of the day, and just want to talk about life or talk about, talk about stuff. And uh, usually those conversations will start to uh, evolve into energy and effort, and, and it'll start to um, be more of a culture conversation for sure. So what goes into those individual conversations? How do you as a coach kind of figure out how to connect with players? Because all players are different. They're all their own person. They all have their own personality. But, you know, as coaches, we want to make sure that we have that that connection that we can kind of click with them and then, and we can kind of speak their language and, and, and know how to reach them. So for you with those one-on-one conversations, how do you kind of figure out like, all right, this is the the right angle of how to approach this kid and, and, and get a good relationship with them. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I approach every kid in the, in the same way. Uh, I, I, I think it's simple. I think you just got to get to know these kids. Um, I think you got to get to know how they talk, how they think, what's important to them, who's important to them and like, what's their motivation. Um, you know, you got to care about them and their future. Um, you have to show them that, you know, you, you want them to be great. Um, you end up uh, having a one-on-one time and, and, and you have to be real with that during that time. You can't beat around. Like I said, you can't really beat around the bush. Um, a lot of these kids have kind of been spoon fed their whole lives. But once you're in college, I like to let these kids know immediately, once you're in college, um, mom's not here anymore. You know, she's not here to hold your hand and to tell you to do your homework and tell you to get to practice on time and, and, and to, you know, be that mom figure. I mean, she, of course, she's over the phone, of course, but she's not here to help you. She, you're not sitting at the dinner table anymore doing homework. You're not, you, you know, you're not coming home from high school and, and, you know, mom's not, Hey, how's your day? What'd you guys do? What homework do you have today? You know, it, it, it's not that that's over with. It's done. Like you're you're alone. You're 18, 19 years old. You're a young man. You're starting to become an adult and you need, and this is your life. You know, that you need to figure, you need to start figuring it out now. And uh, you know, it, these are decisions. And building a strong relationship with these kids is kind of teaching them that you have to understand that you have to make winning decisions on and off the court to be successful. And you make, I don't know how many decisions a day, thousands of decisions a day, maybe millions, maybe a million decisions a day. I don't know, but you make an extreme amount of decisions a day. And how many of those decisions are winning decisions? You know, you can make that's with eating food, getting to class on time, not being on your phone during class, turning in all assignments, you know, getting to practice uh, early enough where you can get get ready to go so we can stretch 15 minutes before um, our start time. You know, it, it all these decisions, you have to make winning decisions throughout your day because winning decisions are only going to help you move on and they're going to push you that much forward. Um, I, I, I think not. Um, you have, you have to show what you can do in practice. Also, you know, I tell them all the time, you have to show what you do in practice. You can't just, you can't just think like I was the dude in high school, so I'm going to show up and I'm going to play immediately. Like you you got, they, these kids got to really understand that once you get into college and even in the Juco level. Yeah. Right. Right. Once you get even in the Juco level that, you're going up against every, every team that you go up against that starting five, even, even your starting, like 
even that whole bench that you were going up against, they were probably the guy at high, at, you know, at high school, if not the number two. So these guys are really talented and you have to understand that you're not, you're not the guy anymore and that's okay. Yeah, you might yeah. be a role player, you know, you, but you're going to help us win games. This is why we brought you here. And I can, um, I can imagine that could be a hard adjustment for players to have to go for, to go from being, you know, the top guy to, to just more serving in a role capacity. Oh, 100%. We're kind of going through that right now. We have a kid who uh, we brought in and, and uh, you know, he, he's, he's starting to understand it a little bit more, but when he came in, he was just telling us all the time, like, Oh, I was the guy in high school and AAU. like, I'm not used to this. And we're like, yeah, like this, we, we have, we have some studs here and, and these studs are, you know, beating you up. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, you, there's a very uh, eye-opening experience for him, but that's college, you know? And, uh, you know, just one more thing to, to, you know, in these conversations that I have, I always like to tell them that this is college. You know, th this is, yeah. you, there's stuff that's expected when you walk in. The second you walk through these doors, we expect you to be on time. We expect you to go to class. We expect you to turn in these assignments. We expect you to hold yourself to the highest standard possible while you're, you know, getting groceries at Walmart. You know, wherever you're at, we expect you to do these things already. You know, we're, we're not going to give you a whole lot of uh, uh, leeway uh, with these things. You know, th this isn't something that you have to learn that you have to get used to. It's something that you do now, you know, because in any other college, once you go to a university after your two years here, that's how it's going to be. And we're trying to get you into that mode. And, and, and I'm very, very big into that. And, and th those I imagine right those players need at the college level they they need like a role model they need somebody they can trust especially somebody like yourself who's gone through that because all of this I imagine for the most part has to be so unknown to them that you know not only are they dealing with basketball at a higher level than they've ever played with before but just you know the way that they're being held to the expectations of how they are off the court like all of this could be really like daunting to them and I, I imagine having a coach or multiple coaches who who they know that they can they can trust has to take a lot of that anxiety kind of away from them and and, and help them kind of guide through the process especially like I said those people who've kind of been through it before them yeah 100 percent. so what as a players coach of course you mentioned this uh, uh, before about being an effective players coach those relationships can get tested where, you know, players butt heads with a coach or, or, or something gets tense or something, you know, you get on a player and, 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 and things can get a little bit tested where the, the strength of that relationship can be really, mm -hmm. really put to the test. So I wanted to give you an opportunity to maybe describe what some of those experiences have been where, where that, that, that player coach kind of relationship has been tested and how, you know, both you and the player for a lack of a better term kind of passed that test. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, it's another great question. Um, in my opinion, I think it's just through adversity. It gets tested through adversity because, you know, you you practice going through adversity in practice. You know, I have this this program called Breakfast Club. It's a 10 week program um, that's in the preseason. It goes it went from uh, 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 August 21st, the first day of school to October 27th. We had, we had to end it uh, a little early, unfortunately, because of some uh, 
preseason games. So, but you know, a couple of weeks early, but anyway, so it's a 10 week program and, and it's a culture builder and, and it's, it's tough. You know, you wake up, we're at the gym at 6am and we're lifting from six to seven and from about seven o'clock to eight fifteen, eight thirty, 30, depending on the time uh, we're doing, we're, we're, we're playing basketball or on the court. And, um, you know, it, it, we're probably doing some conditioning. We're doing probably maybe about 30, 40 minutes of conditioning. Then we're going over drill work. When we're going over simple drill work, we're just going over ball screens, how to hedge, how, how to show, how, how to, what's drop coverage, what, what are the, what are different kind of cuts, you know, what, what's the main, and I was kind of also teaching the main offense and the, what we were, what we were trying to run this year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, that got us, that gave us some opportunity to get in the gym together um, five extra times, you know, uh, a week where it, where, you know, we might have not had that opportunity to build the culture. And uh, I had an opportunity to kind of get these guys mentally ready uh, for what we're going to go up against this year. And I know I talked to them a lot. Um, I, I'm big into the mentality and the psychology behind basketball. And I believe that if you can kind of get past the, you know, kind of uh, understand the mentality and the psychology of your own self, um, and especially with it, in, the, in the game of basketball, um, the physical part comes natural to most of these kids. You know, everyone knows how to dribble a ball. And when you get in college, everyone knows how to score. Everyone knows how to how to dribble a ball. Everyone knows how to pass. You know, it, it, it you just have to learn the the you know the the culture of the the mentality. Yeah. I think, and it, it you know, and uh, but I think it gets tested through adversity and through those times in Breakfast Club. That's where you build it. You know, it, it with the hard conditioning and the hard workouts and them not wanting to get up at six a.m. You know, we have one guy not wanting to get up, but you have 17 other guys getting up and they, you know, they help that not they help that one kid, you know, kind of get going, have that energy. And and, you know, that that kind of builds just that that team camaraderie. And um, I think it gets tested when you have when you have your season and you go through that five to eight minute lull where you can't put the ball in the basket and there's a lid on the rim and you're like, what are you going to do now? You know, are you guys going to quit? We're down 50, we're down 12 with 10 minutes to go. And we're not nearly, it, the game's not nearly close to being done. You know, we got to remember what we've talked about. We got to remember to stay the course and, 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 uh, you know, building those relationships at 6 a.m. in the morning, build that trust and confidence. And I think there's an energy that coaches can give off that players feel um, that is built behind closed doors during conditioning, hard practices, one-on-one meetings, and, 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 uh, you know, motivating them and making them remember why they're doing this, and, I think and, is another, is, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I was going to say, cause I, I, I absolutely agree with that. The amount of work that you do like before that first game, cause, cause, cause to me, um, that, you know, that first game where, uh, you have that scoring lull or, or you find yourself down 10 or, or, or something like that happens. I think for, for a lot of players, at least I know, at least in, in my high school experience for a lot of players, that's where the, the stress can really come out that that's where that like mm-hmm. real frustration and that, that real like anxiety can come out. And I think that having put in all of that work 
prior to that situation, like like you talked about with with what you do with the the Breakfast Club and then and the way that you do all your practices, all all of that work that you do to kind of build them up mentally and build up that that team chemistry hopefully then is able to withstand, you know, any of the stress that happens in a game. But as, as you kind of mentioned, there's a lot of work that needs to be put in to kind of build that mental resilience because it, it, it is, uh, and I know I can speak on, on the high school girls basketball side, at least like it is a whole different level of stress that I know my players feel when they're going through adversity in a game that can't really be replicated in other mm-hmm. situations. And so like you kind of talked about, there has to be a lot put in beforehand because they gotta, they gotta be, they gotta have something that they can fall back on and rely on and, and kind of trust when, when those moments happen. And it sounds like that that's a really big focus for you guys uh, where, where you're at at Illinois central. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And we, we tell them all the time, trust your teammates, trust who's next to you. You know, if you trust yourself and you trust the person next to you, that person if you trust the person to the right of you, that person to the left of you already trusts you. And if everyone trusts each other and everyone can believe in each other, and if one kid's not, if one of our, you know, number one guys is not playing well, we're looking to our number two guy and we all trust that he's going to make shots. And, and uh, you know, if you have a shooting lull, uh, one of our, uh, one of our starting uh, shooting guards, you know, he's having a shooting lull right now. And, and, uh, all of the guys are just tell, keep telling them to shoot, you know, just keep that, let that thing fly. And I think that's important. I think that's so important. Yeah. Super important. Yeah. That trust process, right. When it comes to like shooting, mm-hmm. like you got it. Yeah. Tr- trust yourself. No, I a hundred percent agree. Uh, I, I've just thought of this question now. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of a curveball here, so to speak, but what is it that that you and, and and the program can kind of do maybe in a in a practice situation or when you're working with players like well, what are some skills or or drills or things that you can kind of have your players work on or have your players do in like a practice type situation that you don't think you would be able to do if if the players weren't bought in or the players didn't trust you what what do you think you're able to kind of get out of your players in those situations that you don't think you would, would, would be able to otherwise. Uh, we like to get up and down and, and we like to get up and down a little extra um, than what maybe a normal team would get up and down just to kind of fight through that um, tiredness or fight through the, that you mentally being tired, legs being tired and, and, and depending on trusting you know, depending on the other four guys doing their job. And I think that's super, super important. Um, and, and them talking to each other, we, we allow them to kind of get up and down a little bit at the end of practice, um, a little extra, just talk to each other and trying to figure out and handle adversity the right way. Cause there'll be some times where our first team is, you know, just, just, I, I mean, just, beating the second team completely all day yeah, long, yeah. just up and down, just no contest. And we want to see what the, that second team does vocally and, and how do they handle it? And, um, you know, about, I would say good seven out of 10 times they handle it the correct way, but we still have room to grow. We still have, you know, I would like it 10 out of 10 times. Uh, but that also happens with the first team. The first team is about nine out of 10 times. They'll, 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 you know, come together and they'll figure it out. But, you know, not, I don't know if about a whole lot of drills that we do. It's mainly just game-like situations and the mentality behind fighting through adversity and 
doing your job, what running the play right, playing hard defense, even when stuff is going wrong, I'm still sitting down in front of you and still doing my job because my guys are dependent on me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of the mentality of what how, what what we kind of um, you know give these guys. Was, and and with that, I'm I'm just kind of like. Uh, I'm imagining like you have to have uh, really, really strong relationships that your players kind of build with each other and that, you know, it's not just coach coaches relationships with the players, but the players themselves have to have strong relationships with each other. Is that something that um, is, is also always been kind of like a, a, a priority? Is that something that you think is really necessary for uh, to be an effective players coach is that those players have to also have those intentionally like strong relationships as well. 100%. And that is something that I talk about in breakfast club all the time. Cause the first time my guys like, it's fine to have little arguments here and there, but when I, I believe in talking to people, figuring out the issue, not just mm-hmm. these kids just kind of go into it and just start pointing the finger immediately saying you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. But there are multiple times where you point the finger and you point the finger, you are the one who is wrong. And there are times where you guys need to talk to each other. And I think that in Breakfast Club, teaching them how to talk to each other and them figuring it out by themselves is extremely important. Because once the game happens, coaches can only do X amount. You know, there, it, when the game's going on, you guys need to figure out that adversity and figure out, okay, well, I didn't run that play right. Okay, I got you. My fault. And, and sometimes I told the guys sometimes, you know, even if you were wrong, even if you were right, you have to take the bullet and say, I was wrong. Hey, my fault. Just squash it. Get it over with. You know, if it was a bad, if you, if you had a perfect pass straight to the guy in the corner and that ball just, it's it, it, one of the, it's one of my pet peeves where you, no one, he's wide open, no one's around him, nice chest pass, straight hit him, straight in the chest, that ball falls out of bounds, you know, and and that's a terrible turnover, and now I'm looking at the guy who's passing it, I want that guy looking at, looking at him, going, hey, that's my bad, that I I got you next time, that was, that that pass was too hard, you know, just to take, take the stress off someone else, even though that, it was probably it was totally like the guy who caught the ball. It was his fault because he's supposed to catch that big orange ball. Mm-hmm. You know, like I want him to take the fault. Like it just it 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 there's the stress level goes down in like it, immensely, and and just sometimes you gotta just take the bullet, and sometimes mm-hmm. you just gotta say that, that that's on me. Even if it wasn't, that's on me. I, I'm gonna take yeah. that one. Yeah, it's <clears throat> that. And it sounds it's 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 funny. It sounds so so easy, uh, and it's it's kind of talk about, but to to build that takes so much time, uh, because yeah, uh, I'm sure yeah. as you know, play, players got egos too. <laughs> players yeah. have egos, oh, yeah. and 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 you know to to show that you know humility or to, to show that ownership or or that vulnerability. I guess that's a better word of like mm-hmm. making a mistake and then owning up to that mistake. I, it's it's hard. I I'm sure you can speak to it. it's hard for players to do, and it's it's not something I know for some players that comes naturally either to to do that. One hundred percent. And and I tell these kids all the time that once you do it, and and even you gotta you know swallow your pride for just a second. I guarantee you, in two minutes, no one's gonna even think about it. No, no one no. will remember it. No, you know? they, well, they'll it's gone. It's done. On. They'll have already yeah. have, have completely moved on from that. Yeah, no, you're hundred yeah, percent. You right. won't even think about it. 
Yeah, like they'll, they'll, like there's there's a million other things that are going to be happening right after that moment between then and the end of that practice. That situation will be a distant memory by the time. Right. But in the, in that moment, it feels like it's going to last forever, and like you know, it's like and no oh, one's going to sure. forget it, sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, especially at the college level, coach, you're you got long seasons. It's it's a it's a definitely a grind, and and especially the fact that you're dealing with student athletes who are also have the that that experience as well on the academic side. So so how do you work with your players to keep them motivated and 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 working hard throughout a long season? What goes into you know tapping into that relationship that you have as a players coach to make sure that they're still giving you everything that they got throughout that very long and, and arduous season? Sure. Uh... I, you know, I've had a couple tough seasons uh, out of my five seasons I've been coaching. I've had a couple. And, uh, you know, my belief is you got to tell them, stay the course. And you got to remember your why. You know, you got to remember why you're here. You got to remember that, you know, whether it's taking care of your family, you could have kids at home, or this could be all that you have. You know, you got to remember why you are here. Uh, my job is to find their ceiling and push them straight through that ceiling to find a place that they didn't believe that they could make that that they could make it to mentally, physically, emotionally, and academically. Um, you know, when when stuff is going bad, there's other things that you can still improve in, and and uh, you know, you you never know when a team can just be firing on all cylinders and they could click immediately, be a six and twenty team final four games of the season, win four in a row, be the last seed in in uh, in the playoffs, and then make it to the championship. You never know. You really never know when that when you could when everything could just click. And uh, I think um, you know finding their why and, and, and making them remember their why, why they're here, why they're working, why, you know, I think that's really, really important and that's a great motivational tool to keep them going. And, um, you know, another thing is that no one's perfect, you know, no team is perfect. And if you communicate that, that we're going to have hardships and we're going to face adversity through the season. Um, and it's not about, it's not about facing adversity. It's about how you react. And, and even though if you have a losing season, how are you going to react the following day when you've lost seven, eight, nine, ten 10 games in a row, how are you going to come into practice that next day? Are you going to waste your day? Are you going to not get better? Because like you have a career after this, after this year, you know, like you have a future after this year, are you going to waste your day because you're having a bad season as a, as a collective unit, or are you going to keep getting better and getting ready for next season or getting ready for us to, you know, try and click and get on all cylinders, you know, us, you just sitting there and waiting for next year to come and not practicing hard and not going in the weight room and just kind of stopping your routine isn't going to help anybody. And so you just got to stay the course. Yeah. It's, it's hard to do, but it's, it's what you got to do. Well, yeah. And, and you, you, you have a, a really, uh, you know, great, great experience that you can draw from is, is by being able, I'm sure to tell these guys how, how quick this goes by too. And how each day oh. matters and the importance of each day and each moment, because before you know it, it's done. And I'm sure that's something either you can or, or have had that conversation with your players about. Oh, man, we have that conversation almost every day. I know yeah. whenever I talk to my guys at the end of practice, it, it that's one that's one of the things I say maybe like three, four times a week that this goes by so 
fast. College goes by incredibly fast. It's unbelievable how fast it goes by. We're already on, uh, we're already 11 games in and we're going to have 15, 16 more games in about a two and a half month span, three month span. And it's going to yeah. be over. It's going to be over in a snap of a finger. Yeah. And, and like, I, I know I've even talked about, you know, to my players before, and I'm sure you've had this conversation about, it's like, man, how, how badly I wish that I could like go out and do this for you. Right. Or like, I can go out and like, oh. like have that opportunity to be doing this, but like, <laughs> I don't. So like, like you, you better yeah. not be wasting this. Right. Like, but, but <laughs> I think, I think as you know, right. Some of these, some of these players, and I know at, at the high school level too, they, they think like it's, it's going to last forever. And I talk to my seniors now about like how much time is, is really left in their, their basketball season and some of them, their basketball careers. And it's like, they, they kind of get it, but it's like, I don't know if you really do until that last game hits you. And then you're like, Oh wait, mm-hmm. it's done sort of thing. And, mm-hmm. and, and I'm sure that sense of maybe it's urgency, right. seems to be something that's really important in your program about making the, the most of each moment and each day. Yeah. It's living in the present day. It's it's not looking at the future. It's not looking at what you're going to do next week because next week can change tomorrow. You know, your whole plan can change with something happening tomorrow. And you got to live in the present day. You got to live where be. I tell my guys all the time: be where your feet are. You know, if you're in the weight room, lift hard. If you're in, if you're on the court, play hard. If you're in if you're in the classroom, focus hard. You know, if you're at home doing homework, you know do it, you know, don't, don't, don't get distracted. Don't just be where your feet are and and live in the present moment, live in the present day. And don't worry about what's coming tomorrow. Don't worry about what's coming in a month. Don't worry about what's next year going to be like. You never know what next year is going to be like. You never know what tomorrow is going to be like. Yeah, no, no, I 100% agreed. And, and, and I think that's one of our, our goals or one of our jobs as a coach is, is to make sure that, you know, whatever it is that we do, is is how having our players focus on what's happening in the present even as coaches i know we can maybe look you know a, a day a week sometimes years down the road about what's coming but but like making sure we also are staying in the moment and i think i think our players realize when we are in that moment with them and we're not like looking ahead or we're not our, our mind isn't elsewhere and i know it's hard as coaches but and i'm i'm sure you could speak to this as well that you know players can kind of tell if you're not present there with them and your, your mind is elsewhere. You're thinking about elsewhere and, and, and they, they pick up on all that stuff. They sure do 100%. And that was something I kind of learned last year. That was kind of one of the main things I learned last year was be where your feet are. And, you know, I had some personal things happen uh, last year and, and uh, it kind of, it affected my, my coaching style. It affected my year. And uh, you know, a- after the year ended, I thought about it and I said, you know, I, I, I could have done this better. I, 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 I could have focused a lot better. I, I could have left this stuff at home or I could have left mm. this stuff outside of the gym. And, and it, you know, it, and I kind of felt a little guilty because I didn't give my kids a hundred percent of me. I didn't give my kids a hundred percent. And so this year it, it's been so much better and it's been it, the mindset and the mentality of it. Um, it it's be where your feet are and, and just focus on present day, focus on what you're doing at that, at that present time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cause once that moment's gone, you, you can't, you can't go back and, 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 and go back to it and try and change it at all. Right. You, know, mm-hmm. you, gotta, you gotta make the most of most of all of that. Mm-hmm. No, no, hundred percent. Absolutely. Um, I want to ask you about how do you, as, as a coach, how do you kind of go through the process of, of, 
like self-reflection? Because I, I think that's something that I sometimes neglect to ask people. And I, I want to make sure I ask you that about mm-hmm. how do you kind of self-reflect on your coaching practices and kind of and, and evaluate whether or not, you know, you're 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 getting on your players at, at, at the, the right amount of level. If you, if you feel like you're being too easy, too hard on them, what, what goes through your own like personal self-reflection journey to make sure that you're like as, as effective and as, as good as you possibly can be? Yeah, that's another great question. Um, I, it might sound like I'm repeating myself, but it's a feeling for me. Yeah. Uh, there have been multiple times where uh, I have gotten on a kid before in a practice or workout. And I kind of feel like after I was done getting on him, I kind of felt, uh, I, I didn't feel like I handled it the correct way. And I kind of sat on it and thought about it. And and uh, there have been multiple times where I would call the kid after practice and say, hey, you know, I handled this poorly. I handled this the wrong way. And I apologize. You know, I, I just I thought I would handle it the right way, but uh, I didn't like how how uh, I did this. And, you know, I just wanted to apologize. And, and nine and ten times out of ten, they're like, oh, yeah, we're all good. Like, don't worry yeah. about it. Like, I, you know, appreciate it. But, you know, we're, we're all good. And and, uh, you know, there are times where uh, I'm watching the kids. I watch the kids a lot. And if we're doing conditioning and if they're kind of talking and kind of laughing in the middle of conditioning, you know, then I kind of ramp it up a little bit, you know, cause I don't, I, I, when we're conditioning and we're working hard, you know, I want them to kind of be a little tired and, uh, but not, I don't want to kill them either, you know? And, uh, there's a kind of, there's kind of a, a, a happy medium that you can find. Um, but like with handling situations, there's been multiple times where I've handled a situation and, and I didn't personally like how I handled it. And usually when that happens, I'll just either go talk to the player right away or, um, you know, there's a, there, there's actually an example of it uh, this year where I'm, you know, we're coaching this kid. He's a real good kid and good shooter, great athlete. And um, he, there's sometimes where he just kind of gets under my skin a little bit. And we, and, you know, me and him will kind of talk back and forth a little bit. And, uh, you know, after we're done kind of talking back and forth, I'll just go straight back into my coaching mode and like, we'll talk, we'll talk uh, about what play we're going to run next, how, how, what action we're going to run defensively, how we're going to do it and just kind of get right back into that yeah. coach or player uh, uh, relationship. And we've done it enough times where it's simple. It's very simple. Like we'll go at each other for a little bit. We'll kind of talk for a little bit. That's just the competition I think uh, in basketball. And, uh, um, and then, you know, I'll, I'll just kind of walk up to him and go, okay, uh, I want to run this play for you. Usually it's, I want to, I want to get him going, you know, usually, um, you know, we, I get on him for either not going hard efforts, not there, whatever it may be. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to run a play for you. I want you to get going. You know, I want your, I want your mentality to grow a little bit. So we're going to, I'm going to run this certain play for you. I want you to die, you know, dive downhill and, 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 and go for it. And you, nine times out of 10, it works. And I haven't re- actually, I, I really don't, I haven't seen it, you know, not work yet. So I think it's just, again, knowing your kids, knowing how to talk to them, knowing when to talk to them um, and, and, you know, kind of knowing that um, healthy, healthy medium. And I, I don't know if you're like, like me, where like I will spend time either, either after a practice or even after a game and kind of going back and like thinking about the conversations I had with that player is like, what did I say to that player? Like, is that what I said? Or like, did I say that? Mm-hmm. Did that come off wrong? Or what was my tone? when I said that and I, I know I've even said that before I've come up to a player I said, Hey, like when I said that to you, like, 
did that sound like really like aggressive or disrespectful? And most of the time, like, no, I'm like, okay, but like, I want to make sure because in my mind, as I replay it, right. I think like, sure. Maybe I came off a certain way when I said that. And I think that, you know, reflection process, because, and you know, this, right. Like the words that you use, right. When you say something, and sometimes I know as coaches, we can say things out of emotion or say things like right off the cuff, 100%. but man, sometimes you can say something like that. And that's going to be what that player remembers. And it's right. like, oh boy, that might not be yeah. exactly what you wanted them to remember, but right. you just have to be so careful if your word choice, because players are always listening, right? Players, they're picking up on every body language, every word that you say. And that one word that you say that you completely forgot about five seconds later, maybe the one thing that they remember that you told them and they reflect on years down the line. 100%. And I, you know, to piggyback off that, I, I remember watching film of our breakfast club and I was giving these guys a speech, like a motivational speech. And, uh, you know, I didn't like how I sounded. I didn't like the word choice that I was using. And, and, um, that was kind of another self-reflection thing that, that, uh, uh, you know, kind of helped me change my vocabulary, changed how I talked to the guys, changed my tone. And even though like I had good intentions, and even though the guys knew I had good intentions, I didn't like how I sounded myself. Okay. And so that, 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 you know, watching film on yourself, watching film of yourself coaching, you know, that, that you can learn a lot from that too. You know, not just basketball, not just the X's and O's, but you know, how you react like on the bench in, in a game, there's been multiple times where I've, you know, I'll react some way about a call or, you know, how, at, what a, what a player does and, and I'll look at it and go, I, I didn't like how I acted there. You know, I, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want yeah. that. I don't want people to see me do that and think that's who I am because that's not who I am, yeah. you know? And I, and I think that's just as important too. I have uh, definitely physically recoiled watching myself on the bench before. And I'm like, Oh, is that what my <laughs> players see? Is like that what they're, they're seeing that I'm, that I'm doing. And, and, you know, I, I, I think to kind of, you know, uh, kind of kind of summarize in a sense about about like what we talked about as as a coach like don't don't be like too too proud or or, or too big on yourself to to apologize and I think that don't. players see that as a huge strength when they know that your coach can apologize because then they know that they can apologize and they can own up to things but as coaches we have to set that example as well 100 percent. you're the ultimate leader like they'll follow you whatever you do they follow yeah and I it, think if you're able to to uh, apologize about something that you did either at that moment or, you know, the following day, I, I think that's, that's so big. That's big time. Then the guys, like you said, the guys will just start to follow and the guys will start to understand that a little more and feel more comfortable. A hundred percent. Let me ask you before we hit our, our concluding topic coach about what, what do you, what do you personally see for yourself as kind of your, your next steps as you continue to kind of grow and being the best players coach that you can be? Are there, are there things that you're still looking to continue to do things you're looking to add or implement or grow in? What, what do you kind of look at as your next part of your journey? Yeah. So right now, usually like this last five years, I've kind of found something that before the, before the year starts, I find something that I really find that I really want to work on that I'm not good at. And I really want to work on. And I focus on that for the whole year. And um, this year, you know, it's a whole, it, I, I'm running our offense. This is our, it's, 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 a uh, you know, it, it's me and my head coach. Uh, it, you know, it's a, we, we do it together. I, it, I've kind of thrown in this offense together and, and he's thrown in some ideas and some adjustments, which have been great. 
Um, but usually like about 90% of this offense has been my doing and that's complete that I haven't done that. And that's completely new uh, for me. And I think my next step is the defensive end, you know, the defensive side of the ball. And, um, and first of all, perfecting this, not perfecting, obviously no one's perfect, but mm -hmm. the best to my ability of learning this off learning offense and, and, and being able to draw up plays and just having a library of plays in your head and knowing exactly when to use a play for who in what situation, uh, uh, you know, that's next, I think it, it's situational offense. And, um, uh, you know, after that, it's going to be uh, the defensive part of the ball. Or, and, and um, you know, there's so much you can learn. I, I'm a sponge. And and I believe that even if you're 60 years old and, and been in the, you know, coaching coaching uh, uh, career for 30 plus years, you're still learning. You know, the game's adapting at all. At, Every, every year the game's getting different or yeah. the game, the game's changing, you know? And um, I think uh, uh, right now, the main thing is learning situational offense um, and, and when to use things or when to use certain plays in certain situations. Um, but uh, uh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's so funny that you mentioned, you know, about, about uh, you know, the game's always changing. I, I, it's funny to hear. I've I've talked to coaches before who you know stepped away and took like a break from the game for for a few years, and they come back to it. They're like, "Man, what what happened in the past few years? There's all this stuff going on." But <laughs> yeah. you know, if you're not staying up to it, like uh, even even month to month, it feels like there's all new things happening. So yeah, like yeah. if you if you're not staying up with it, you're gonna get left in the dust real quick. So no, I I, I like that. Awesome, coach. Um, to wrap up. There's a couple of questions that I ask every guest. So starting with this first one, uh, thinking back on your coaching career, and I know you shared a lot of great moments, so I'm going to have you dig in for, for another one. But what is a moment uh, from your coaching career that, that you went through and that you experienced that you think us as listeners could learn from and, and take take something from? I think it's kind of – it's all everything that I can kind of think of kind of falls under the same – you know, umbrella of what we've talked about uh, today. And it's just about being able to adapt um, with kids with these with different generations. And, and, I, you know, I, I had a situation where I brought a kid from Orlando um, to, to, to Peoria, Illinois, <laughs> and uh, he was going to be here for a year. He was at uh, Polk uh, outside, I believe it's outside of um, uh, Orlando for his freshman year. And then he came to us his sophomore year. And uh, I recruited him out of high school. I recruited him his senior year and his mom wanted him to stay home. So, and uh, he, you know, he didn't have a successful year at Polk. So his mom allowed him to come to Peoria and we stayed in touch, you know, just kind of at, at a relationship standpoint throughout that whole year. Didn't really talk throughout the basketball year, but once the basketball year ended, you know, he contacted me and, and was interested. And, you know, we brought him here, you know, six, six, 190 pounds, just lanky athletic kid, and uh, really good kid, great heart, you know, good, good, you know, head on his shoulders. And, um, you know, we, me and him were very, very close. And mm -hmm. I and, you know, to the coaching moment I'm talking about is having relationship, having a strong relationship with a kid and treating him like everyone else. You know, I did not. He was not a favorite. He was the yeah. kid who I knew the best. But. I got on him more than I did anyone else that year because I, he knew 
I knew, or he knew that I expected a lot from him because we talk all the time. He knows my mentality. He knows what I expect. And when he wasn't doing that, when he was in his feelings all day and he didn't practice hard, you know, I would get, I would get in, get in him. And I remember there was this one day where we had a game really, I can't remember who we were playing, but I remember it was a region game and he missed his assignment on defense. And it was just a blatant, just, I'm not playing defense. Like it was just one of those possessions and we called a timeout. And I mean, I just lit into him uh, at at half court. I walked up, met him at half court, lit into him. And uh, it's funny because I remember uh, his mom texting him after the game and uh, saying like, oh yeah, coach Matt, he really, he really got into, you You know, tell him, tell him to do that more. (laughs) And uh, you know, that's, that's good. Uh, It's good that he's doing that. And um, you know, having that, I think like even when you have kids who you're closer with, because everyone is closer with a couple kids than 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 others, and um, treating them the same and, and treating them like you can't treat them like you're they're your favorite. You can't. The guys will pick that up immediately. You have to treat them like they're you know they're the same, and you have to you have to be on them just as hard as you're hard on everyone else. And I think that is kind of like the main thing that. Uh, throughout my career that I've really kind of picked up on. And um, I, 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 to be honest, I did it kind of subconsciously. I, I, right. I didn't tell myself I was going to do it. That's just how I do it. You know, that's just the way that I believe is the correct way. And um, uh, it's just, everyone's the same. Everyone, it, it, everyone needs to be the same if you're building a culture and a will and a winning culture. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. That's great. I I appreciate you sharing that. Um, uh, and then that's funny about like, yeah, keep doing that. Get on that player more. Yeah, you know, keep getting him on. And I I I, I gotta give you all credit as a coaching staff getting somebody out from Orlando out to East Peoria. That's uh, that, that's quite the adjustment there too. Yeah, I like to recruit uh, outside of the area. I've gotten kids from uh, Atlanta, Orlando, and Alabama, wow. and all three kids have just been incredible kids. That's awesome. That's, that's fantastic, Coach. Appreciate you sharing that story. To wrap up, Coach, I give every guest what I call kind of a 60-second soapbox, but I'm not going to time you. So if you go over 60 seconds, that's perfectly okay. <laughs> but uh, it's your platform to kind of get out um, kind of a final message, a closing thought, a, a final idea. You can take it any direction you want. It, it could be related to the topic. It could be uh, otherwise basketball or coaching related. It's your, it's your soapbox, so you can determine what it is that you want it to be about. So, Coach, I'm going to go ahead and open the floor and, and just kind of let you take it from here. Well, I appreciate it. And before I get started with that, I want to appreciate. I want to tell you, I really do appreciate this opportunity, and mm-hmm. and I love what you're doing with the, uh, you know, the the whole uh, uh, coaching career and all the coaches listening and how you help us. And I know you've helped me a lot uh, just recently because I started recently listening about like maybe three months ago, and I and I really do appreciate what you're doing, and and I know multiple coaches uh, uh, think the same way. Um, but um, you know, I I. I you know, like I said earlier, I'm a young coach. I'm only 27, year five, uh, and um, uh, there's a learning curve, and, and there's a there's a lot that goes into it. And you know, me being a young coach and uh, only having like three years of actual uh, uh, co- you know college experience, including high school. You know, I didn't really play a whole lot in high school. You know, just having three years of of um, uh, uh, experience. It, it, if you love the game and you love what you're doing, you're going to be great at it. 
you know, you, you got to believe in your work. You got to believe in your philosophy. And if there's any young coaches out there listening or coaches who, or, or, who guys who want to get into coaching or anything, you know, anything of, of that matter, you know, believe in it, you know, follow it, follow that feeling, run with it. And, 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 uh, and if it's not right for you, it's not right for you, but dip your toe in and see how you like it. I, I promise you it is a, it's an amazing feeling. Once you see, once you talk to one kid and you, and you tell him like, this is how you handle something, or this is what you do in this situation, or let's try and do this. And then they do it and they succeed. When they look at you and kind of give you that little nod or give you a wink or kind of like smile at you, it's unmatched. It's completely unmatched. Nothing, nothing can beat that feeling. And, um, you know, uh, uh, believe in what you think is right and, and perfect it. And, you know, all coaches are different. All coaches have different philosophies. All, everyone, everyone is, everyone's different. I, I tell my kids all the time, everyone's one of one, you know, you're one of one, not in an arrogant way, but everyone thinks, breathes, uh, has different emotions, have different uh, opinions on things. Like everyone is different and, and, and that's great. You know, you don't want to be the same as someone. You know, you can you can be a sponge and and you can take different ideas from other coaches, um, but believe in what you believe in and, and really trust it and, and just put it all out there and be real with your kids and let them know that this is who I am and I will make mistakes. But these mistakes are going to be the for the better of the team, because this is this is what I think is is best for the team. And, it, it, and if it's a mistake, it's a mistake. We all make mistakes, you know, and, and no one's perfect, especially in this per, in this profession. But yeah. the with with mistakes, I don't think that it's lost. I think you learn from mistakes. Mm. Every mistake that you learn that, that you make, you learn from. You you can take a positive out of every little mistake, and um, you know that could be just as simple as, you know, you're down you're you're down one and you drop a play. And it didn't put the kids in the best position to be successful and, and you didn't get a great shot off. And, and then you kind of go back and you think about what place should I have ran or what, what, where did I really want this guy at and, and learn from it. And so next time you have that, it won't be the only time you have that, uh, uh, that scenario. So when you have that scenario next time, you know, where, you know, what you're going to do to fix it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, uh, you know, just learn from it and, and don't stress about, uh, the mistakes, because like I said, everyone's, everyone's going to make mistakes, especially in this profession. Um, you, you know, I, I think you win no matter the outcome, positive mindsets can be infectious. Um, I, I think if you're the ultimate leader and you're a coach and these kids are looking to you as guidance, high school, middle school, high school, college, that I, they're looking to you for answers and they're looking at you. Like you said, watching every move, every word you say, it's positive and it's infectious. And even though I'll get on a guy and, and, and just really kind of get on him and say, you're not doing this right. You're not doing this right. You're not doing this right. But you are doing this incredibly well. So keep doing that. Work on these three things. Really focus on these three things. But keep rebounding the ball really well. You're doing a great job at that. All I always finish something with – I always finish like a chew out with something positive. And, yeah. and I think being positive is super, super, super infectious, um, not just in basketball, but in life as well. We need more positivity and just the world in general. And I think if you have um, a positive mindset in practice and you get 20 guys to have a positive mind in practice, it's just going to 
uh, it, it's going to bleed out into into the real world. And then who knows who might, who you might motivate or who knows who what kid might motivate some other kid who's going through a tough time. You never know. Yeah, that that stuff goes unspoken. And but that's the oh, that's my ultimate goal. Like my ultimate that that I want to create or, or help these kids understand the real real world real life through a, the game of basketball. And uh, you know my la- the last thing really I got to say is just enjoy it for you mm. for all the coaches listening. Enjoy it, man. Yeah, I mean it's the best job in the world. I mean, man, we. <laughs> Us coaches, I mean, no matter the sport, it it it's a beautiful thing. It really is, and uh, I, I never traded in for for the world. It, it's it's a it's a wonderful, wonderful thing, and uh, I'm excited to you know have a long career. I'm looking forward to having a long career in this, and um, uh, and just growing every day and getting better every single day. Oh yeah, well you 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 put goosebumps on, on my arms there about, about that may put a lot of reflection on my hand. So, so I, I, I am more, more fired up now to, to get into my practice <laughs> after this than, than, than I was beforehand. So uh, awesome. That was a great way to end it. Coach really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your, your stories and talking about being a, a player's coach about the, the, the relationship building, about how to get on players and, and do it in a loving way and in a positive way and all, all the great results that you've had so far and will continue to have. So appreciate you being able to come on and talk to us. And, and, and how about you go, go ahead and uh, get a win tonight too. We're going to get a win tonight. It's a big win tonight. I appreciate the time and I appreciate you doing this again. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening. This was another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. We will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Make sure to connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, or reach us directly through email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Take care, be safe, and we'll see you next time.